Welcome to the Wheats on Your Mind podcast. My name is Aaron Harries. Wheats on Your Mind is brought to you by the Kansas Wheat Commission and Kansas Association of Wheat Growers. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover in the future or have a question for one of our guests, please email us at podcast at kswheat.com. The number one economic driver in Kansas is agriculture. The agriculture sector in Kansas supports more than 238,000 jobs, or nearly 13% of the entire workforce in the state. And Kansas State University, the oldest land-grant university, is the largest contributor of workforce training and research for the agriculture industry. To get good students and to conduct good research requires good facilities, and it's been many decades since the agriculture buildings at K-State have seen some major updates. Uh, This is about to change, in no small part to our guest, Ernie Minton, Dean of the College of Agriculture at K-State. Thanks for being here, Ernie. Absolutely, Aaron. I'm happy to be with you. Ernie, you've been Dean of the College of Agriculture since 2019, but have been in the college much longer than that, 25 years, I think, prior to being named Dean in Animal Sciences. You're probably more familiar with the condition of the facilities in the college than anyone else. And so I guess before we get to the good, we maybe you should start with the bad. Just how bad have some of the facilities gotten in the college? We've been uh, presenting in various locations over the past uh, year plus uh, the case for revitalizing our buildings uh, across the college. And there's a particular slide that has a scorecard, uh, report card, I should say, with letter grades assigned it, uh, much like we had received through our uh, school years, all of them, all the, the, the buildings that house our on-campus faculty and staff have either Ds or Fs. And so uh, to make a little light of this and, and often uh, lighten up the presentation, I, I, I mentioned that this can't be mistaken for my first semester freshman grade card <laughs> or transcript, uh, but this really is the poor condition of our, our buildings on campus. And so that's, that's in, a, in a nutshell, how, how bad it is. And uh, I often fought, try to follow that by saying even Despite this uh, handicap, our faculty and staff uh, do a fantastic job trying to deliver our mission of teaching, research, and extension uh, to meet the needs of the young people that uh, arrive on our campus with their future uh, out in front of them, and we add value to their lives, but we also conduct research to advance the body of knowledge uh, in food, agriculture, and natural resources, and then, of course, we take it out to the field through uh, our extension system to get it implemented. And then as we find things that don't work as well as they may have uh, in the research setting, we refine them and uh, try to improve processes. But there comes a time in the life of a building uh, which it's lived out its useful life and and needs to be replaced. And so that's what we're on the cusp of here. Yeah, and... and Facilities obviously probably have a big impact on on recruiting, which has been a challenge in the past couple of years for for any number of reasons. But you know the the prospect of having new shiny facilities. What do you think that will mean for recruitment for your college? Yeah, I think uh, you know, like it or not, the the appearance that you're part of a winning team really matters, uh, particularly to young people. 
um, you know, who are looking for uh, what might be a predictor of, of what they're getting ready to sign up for. And uh, we do know this, that a number of our peer institutions and those that are in uh, states contiguous to Kansas have invested. Uh, and uh, I don't know, it's probably hyperbolic to call it an arms race, but in, in a way it kind of kind of is because a lot of uh, the poor condition that we see on the campus of Kansas State University is replicated at Oklahoma State, University of Nebraska, and Missouri, uh, Colorado State, etc., because there was so much construction uh, that occurred during the 1950s and 60s all across the United States. Uh, and so it's time for those to be refreshed. That's one thing. And then secondly, we're also competing for a bit of a diminishing cohort. So we expect uh, our classes coming forward to be to have a higher percentage of out-of-state students than maybe we've had in the past. And so those students are making their choices on on cost and other kinds of things, and then also the quality, I think, of the facilities that they're going to be trained in. So I recall a few years ago, we've, we've or for five years or so now, there's been discussions about replacing Schellenberger Hall, which is the Grain Science Building on the main campus. But that plan got a lot bigger, and it got a lot more accelerated. The urgency for moving these plans forward was brought about by the University Challenge Grant Award notification and. 2023. So give us the background on that, the funds that became available. I'll back up just a little bit uh, earlier in 2022 to begin the backstory on that, uh, the answer to your question, Aaron. Uh, in February, as a matter of fact, it was Valentine's Day of 2022 when our new president, uh, Rich Linton, Richard Linton, arrived on campus. He was here a few days and then was already over in Topeka advocating on behalf of the university. And uh, he was aware that facilities were part of the challenge during his interview process. That became very, very clear. Uh, that was a priority going into the uh, legislative session and then as it progressed. And so we learned uh, towards the end of the legislative session that we had the opportunity to receive $25 million free and clear without a match. And then there was another 25, and this was uh, this is uh, the challenge grant that you referred to, that we could get if we could raise $3 uh, for every one of state funds. So to get the maximum of $25 million, we had to raise $75 million. And so, moreover, <laughs> we, we were informed we had about five and a half months to get it right. done. You know, it would not be truthful to say that we weren't concerned about whether we could accomplish this or not, but uh, we activated a really strong team of individuals to uh, help achieve that. Uh, it's dangerous to call out individuals, but I do want to mention Carrie uh, Weefall at the foundation, who's relatively new in that lead uh, development role. Susan Metzger, uh, who uh, has worked uh, with us for a number of years, uh, also took on a, an administrative leadership role in that in that team to keep things coordinated and and work on planning and so forth. Uh, and then Dr. Jason Ellis, who's the uh, head of Department of Communications and Ag Ed, uh, worked on the communications uh, pieces as well. And so lo and behold, when December seventh came and it was time to submit this uh, challenge grant, it had gotten bigger, as you mentioned, Aaron. 
uh, we had raised uh, $81.454 million, and that was uh, inclusive of projects that would replace Schellenberger Hall and Feed Technology Hall. And for those who are less familiar with that, that's that connector building between uh, Schellenberger and uh, East Waters. And then uh, our plans were to move the Department of Grain Sciences and Industry uh, over to the base between Call and Weber Hall. And we planned on connectors, uh, skywalks or whatever, maybe is the appropriate language for that, to connect the, the new building, which we'd call the Global Center for Grain and Food Innovation, with uh, Call Hall and then also with Weber Hall. And the, and the goal there was to get... Uh, remove barriers to collaboration between our food scientists, which are primarily housed in Call call Hall, and then also the milling and baking uh, faculty from the Department of Grain Sciences and Industry, and of course their students as well, and then also connect the ruminant and non-ruminant nutritionists with the the feed science faculty and also uh, the newer pet food uh, faculty as well. So that's uh, one major project. We're also uh, on Kimball Avenue. Um, and we sold some property to the K-State Foundation and uh, are developing out uh, new facilities for the Agronomy North Farm, which are going to relocate the research facilities, which include the, the wheat breeding program and others, and then create a an innovation center uh, out there as well so that uh, agronomy and other faculty in the college and actually potentially outside of our college can work uh, shoulder to shoulder with uh, folks in the industry to innovate and then be maybe at a place where they can roll these innovations out and uh, and utilize them on the north agronomy farm and then the, the project which rounds out uh, what was in the challenge grant was one that was a latecomer uh, to the to the project, and that is a livestock performance arena, which is uh, kind of uh, up on the uh, up on the hill above the uh, fire station at Denison and Kimball, adjacent to the Stanley Stout Center. What that uh, the build out of that facility would allow us to do is to make other kinds of choices potentially for Weber Arena. Investing uh, in revitalizing the arena, while there's a lot of nostalgic pull of people who've been through uh, the Department of Animal Science, for events in Weber, there may be other better ways perhaps to spend uh, renovation dollars uh, if we have access to this arena. So that's th- those are the projects that go into the into the challenge grant. Okay, well let's let's break down these a little bit bit more in detail. So the old Schellenberger Hall will come down, correct? It will be yes. And it, what is the timeline of that? Will will the global center be built before Schellenberger comes down? Yeah, because we, uh, because we we need a place for the Department of Grain Sciences and Industry to go. Uh, that building will need to be completed before Schellenberger Hall uh, comes down. And so uh, the funds that actually are coming to K-State from the state of Kansas originated as uh, federal dollars, and they have, a, they have restrictions on uh, when they have to be spent out. And so uh, by December 2026, we anticipate the Global Center for Grain uh, and food innovation to be completed. And so roughly 24 months of uh, 
construction, and you can do the math, uh, back it up uh, from December 2026. So in 2024, uh, we expect to see dirt moving on that corner for where, where that new building will be. I imagine you have up. some busy architects right now. Uh, just we're right in the middle of that, Aaron. As a matter of fact, the architect for that particular project uh, has scheduled. Uh, that's what I have to go to immediately when I finish this. Their initial uh, interviews with uh, departmental leadership and faculty that are contributing contrib- to the need there for what will what will actually go into that building. And so, yeah, the architects are getting really, really geared up because uh, the timeline is actually going to need to be pretty aggressive. Correct me if I'm wrong. So the first groundbreaking will actually be here on the North Agronomy Farm, uh, kind of where the Kansas Wheat Innovation Center is. You, you mentioned those facilities. Yeah, that that's true. Uh, May 20, I believe, is the date when that will occur. Yeah, it will be uh, uh, groundbreaking for the new construction for the North Agronomy Farm. And we haven't scheduled the groundbreaking for the next project that will come after the North Agronomy Farm will be that livestock uh, performance arena. And the reason that we are doing that is because we need it to be completed to ensure that we can uh, make choices for Weber Hall that won't negatively impact events like the K-State Rodeo, the Cattleman's Day, and other kinds of events that will will need to occur in that arena. So it needs to be completed as well. But you can see these things are going to happen in pretty rapid succession because uh, sometime in, you know, mid-2024, we're going to need to break ground and and initiate construction on that Global Center project uh, as well. Yeah, the Agronomy Center, I I should mention, is... is really close here to the Wheat Innovation Center. I, I've kind of referred to this area along Kimball Avenue in North Manhattan as kind of the intersection of agriculture and athletics. A lot of people drive down that corridor, and so these new buildings on the agronomy farm are going to be a nice, nice showpiece, not to mention good facilities for the researchers and scientists, but I believe the foundation, K-State Foundation, also has plans along there. Uh, tell us about you know how it's going to be uh, more of a, a showpiece, uh, educational tool uh, for agronomy. Kimball Avenue between College and Denison is really going to be transformed over the next uh, many months to year or so. I'll begin with the reiterating what I said a little bit earlier, that we sold a little over 16 acres of property that was right against Kimball Avenue to the K-State, K-State Foundation. Well, there's there's even more to it than that. So Kimball Avenue has begun to or had accumulated more traffic than it was ever designed for. And so the city had made the decision that they were going to need to widen Kimball Avenue, provide turn lanes and other kinds of safety features because of the number of uh, rear-ender accidents, some of which had become serious, that it occurred up and down Kimball. And so what that did is it really restricted our movement out of the North Agronomy Farm and onto Kimball. And so that was one of the triggers uh, to making the decision to sell that property. And, you know, it's never without consequence to take property that you've had and maintained over the many, many years uh, at the North Agronomy Farm. But it mostly was used for demonstration plots, and folks will, will recall fondly when they were in school here the sunflower field on the corner of right. uh, Kimball and, and College. So, But we could do that and not... Uh, 
negatively impact uh, the functions of the of the Department of Agronomy. So we made that choice, and and uh, the the city put in a, a, a what was gravel now a, a really nice. Uh, access road that you're familiar with uh, uh, working here at the uh, Kansas Wheat Innovation Center. Uh, yeah, that, that project uh, is going to be the first one to go, uh, and uh, you know, many things will, will come into, have to come into focus uh, for, for that to be completed totally. But I think the, the area ultimately uh, surrounding not just the North Agronomy Farm innovations, but also the parking area here around Kansas Wheat, the International Grains Program, and the mills will be uh, really improved. And, and the, the parking surface actually over by IGP had, had become quite in disrepair, so it, that's going to be very helpful uh, as well. At the time of recording this, that parking lot at IGP is gone. Uh, yeah. They're preparing to lay new. But, uh, yeah, for those, obviously, you can't see the plans, it will become almost a really nice community, nice uh, nice district up here um, north side of Kimball. So a uh, uh, price tag on the agronomy building is roughly $25 million, roughly $26 million for the livestock competition arena. Renovations on Weber and Call Hall around $38 million, but the, the centerpiece of the plan is that Global Center for Grain and Food Innovation. That's the new square footage that will be between Weber and Call Hall has a price tag of a about 117 million. So, give us more detail on what facilities will be included in that that new center. That will be, I think, the way it's uh, structured now. And I should say that uh, in answering that that question, that as we we did some uh, forward planning, actually that began before the pandemic, we were using an on-call architect, very very capable uh, group that we'd worked with previously, who had designed the building. And as we went initially out to sell the building, it was designed as a two-story uh, structure, again, on the corner between Call and Weber, with these physical connections on, on both sides, on the assumption that the new architects, which were not uh, the ones that, that made those initial uh, drawings, that uh, we, we had to go through a state process to officially identify an architect for the new global center. But I still anticipate most likely it will be probably a two-story structure. And again, uh, it will house the Department of Grain Sciences and Industry, you know, faculty offices and obviously office for the department head and, and support staff that uh, keep that, that building going. We may uh, locate uh, the initial plans had the director of the Food Science Institute fairly close to the department head's office. So we really want to capitalize on the uh, acceleration that occurs when you put disciplines uh, adjacent to one another and ask them uh, to work with one another. All that will be there. And then uh, functionally, you know, the very specialized equipment that's needed for the Department of Grain Science, including all the bake, uh, the baking uh, equipment, and also the milling equipment uh, for instructional purposes, along with specialized space for the, the pet food program as well, will all be in that building. And again, it will be uh, a, a walk down the, the hallway or corridor uh, to find the, the food science uh, faculty in the Department of Animal Science. And, and again, as I said, 
the the faculty in uh, livestock nutrition that will interact with the feed and pet food programs as as well. Yeah, just that proximity, I imagine, is just uh, going to do amazing things for collaborations among the researchers. Yeah, that's that's right. And uh, we were really aided by the the knowledge and impact that uh, President Linton brought from North Carolina State University, mm-hmm. where he just they actually they hadn't quite completed it when he came to K State. That's uh, been open now for over a year. Uh, that uh, new uh, North Carolina North Carolina Plant Sciences Initiative building which was designed to bring uh, into close proximity multidisciplinary faculty and their graduate students and postdocs. And they use the term there, and I think it's a good one, collisions of of ideas. And that's what we hope to do here as well. We think K-State is so well positioned with things that uh, were here already uh, and starting right here, uh, Aaron, in this building with the... uh, Wheat Genetics uh, Resource Center and the work uh, it does with the NSF IUCRC grant. So we've got wheat genetics uh, over at the agronomy farm, the breeding, the downstream breeding part of that, then all of the things that go into the the, the value-added post-harvest work that occurs in the Department of Grain Sciences and industry, and what we really want to create is an opportunity here at K-State that we don't think is available at any other, at least U.S. university, maybe maybe in the world, where we've got that continuum from genetics that are in the wheat kernel all the way to the value-added processing uh, opportunities. And then more broadly, as the world needs uh, more and more access to to plant proteins just to explore uh, that in the Department of Grain Sciences and Industry even further with other grains, uh, grain sorghum and uh, other kinds of dryland cereals that that may be useful uh, in a growing world. Yeah, the timing is perfect from a wheat perspective. There are two wheat protein plants in in northwest Kansas and Russell and Phillipsburg either building or expanding, and and they're going to need a workforce and uh, that industry is is only growing so let's let's turn to the student part of this k-state obviously has four-year degrees in milling science baking science and feed science and i imagine there's going to be um a focus on a on a student home uh in this new global center yeah i'm uh aaron i'm glad you reminded me of that because one of the things that we've been trying to sell is uh, we want to create really the the one of the nation's uh, premier student experiences here as well. You mentioned the the wheat protein plants and there are other things that are uh, coming around as well, expansion of uh, uh, pet food uh, in Emporia and then of course uh, Hills Pet Food down the road in Topeka and other locations which are going to need workforce as well. So again, we want to be attractive to students and we want to send them out with an education that's really second to none, and we really pride ourselves in the college of understanding that that education, yes, it occurs in the classroom, but it occurs in other places as well. So we're very supportive, obviously, of uh, things like crop judging and livestock judging and those kinds of things, which build uh, other skill sets that students will need. Then the other thing that I would mention, and, and actually I'm really pretty proud of this, is we have a rather 
uh, open admissions policy for students to come to Kansas State University. And we've had access over the past many years of data which demonstrate that I think we do add value to students, particularly might judge to be at risk. And so I took the data and uh, actually actually regressed or analyzed their incoming uh, ACT scores against their outgoing salaries. And uh, essentially, we found there's no relationship between the two. If we get them here, and that's not to say it's easy to keep them here and get them completed, but our uh, our faculty really put in the effort uh, to advise uh, students, and this creates that, that enhanced student experience so that they will go out and be successful. And so... You know, uh, at uh, at Ivy League schools and other elites, which uh, which uh, maybe put some restrictions on enrollment. You know, we joke it's what they do is have to not mess them up. What we what we pride ourselves in doing is taking that student that maybe came from a disadvantaged uh, high school that didn't have uh, maybe the curriculum, didn't have maybe even the testing facilities that made it not distracting to take that ACT and to come into K State and uh, study in the Department of Grain Sciences uh, and Industry or other uh, programs, uh, academic programs in the college, and go out with a really great uh, career. I think that's that's great, linking students with maybe not necessarily a clear path with opportunities that we know are, are available. Going back many, many years to my days at, here at K-State, a, a faculty advising of students in the College of Ag has always been a, a point of pride. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, we just think it's you know kind of that next step. They they might come in with a general advisor, but pretty quickly, uh, most of our academic departments want to place them with a seasoned professional who can give them good uh, career advice, but also good life lessons as well as students come and they face different challenges uh, as they get here and maybe away from home for an extended period of time for the first time in their lives and. Uh, uh, we have those uh, professionals who not only teach them in the classroom, but advise them with class choices, uh, but also other kinds of things that they should be doing to add value to their education. Mm-hmm. Let's circle back around uh, to the money behind this this grand project here. Uh, you've, you've got a total price tag of around $208 million and haven't raised all that money. Talk right. about how you got the money you have in such a short amount of time. And, and the plans going forward. I, I mentioned earlier we had a we recognized that we had a compressed period of time to address the the challenge grant deadline, and so what we did is uh, what I think any uh, group would have done is that that we we went after the the low hanging fruit, and by that I mean those individuals who had a uh, were recognized by the Key State Foundation to have a. a the capacity and the and the interest in supporting a project like this and it, it did involve a great and diverse uh, deep team at the K-State Foundation all the way up to the leadership to make some trips and that also included the the president as well so the focus not entirely but mostly was on individuals there there uh, were some companies that uh, that stepped up already um, and that's really how we got to that first uh, 81.454. It also included uh, that, that grand total. 
the uh, $8.8 million that we received for the sale of that property to the K-State Foundation. And now, given the, the, the grand total that you have uh, uh, mentioned, Aaron, uh, and the gap we have, which is about $65 million now, we still have the, the vast majority of the wheat milling, baking, uh, feed, and, and pet food industry to, um, to work. And so uh, as a strategy, we have just recently hired as a consultant the former uh, president and CEO of uh, American Bakers Association, Rob Mackey, oh, right. to work with us. And uh, Rob knows a lot of folks uh, in the right places and can communicate that uh, opportunity and, uh, and need. And so that's going to be one of our, our strategies uh, to really trying to accomplish that penetration. And we, we just didn't have time for that last fall when we had that deadline looming. But now we can take some time to work that uh, really very well. We still have uh, the livestock uh, packing, uh, meat packing, I should say, industry, which will be interested probably mostly in uh, Colin Weber Hall, the dairy industry, of course. So uh, that's kind of the, the path forward. That's the way the rest of 2023 looks and probably on end. 2024 as well mm-hmm. yeah it's it's impressive what you you folks did in getting the match requirement for the state uh, a lot of individuals step forward you've gotten some industry gifts uh, the commodity commissions mm-hmm. other organizations putting some money down and yeah right I, I have no doubt the the goal will be reached what what has president linton meant for this whole project He's just been tremendous, uh, tremendous supporter. But he also also had a roadmap for how he did it uh, at North Carolina State University. And really early in the process, uh, he hosted a group of uh, of individuals representing the the grain commodities, but also the Farm Bureau and Kansas Livestock Association. Had them over to the president's residence for for a dinner. And uh, as we were wrapping up uh, dinner and starting to talk about the uh, the elephant in the room basically what he said was uh, what we're planning here we really want to plan on behalf of the groups of uh, that that you individuals represent and if we're not doing the right thing then we shouldn't do it and uh, that's how the buy-in began to to build making sure that what we were doing was consistent with what the needs were for the the grain livestock uh, uh, industries and so forth for the state but also his uh, his keen leadership uh, instincts and so on to make sure that all of that fit and uh so he, he's been tremendous. So, Ernie, this, this has implications, obviously, for on-campus, for research, for, for teaching, for the students. What does this mean to people like me, the alumni, who are spread across the United States and, and around the world from the College of Agriculture to see this kind of progress being done on campus and uh, what it means for those alumni and for the college? Yeah, Aaron, I think that... that you know, the alumni represent such a key network to the continuing, you know, ongoing uh, health and vitality of the programs that are offered through Kansas State University. And it is uh, the alumni who help us uh, connect with those appropriate uh, businesses that, that they work in and uh, put their K-State degree uh, to use. And so, 
what we need to assure our alumni of is that we're looking forward in the next not just year or two but in the many decades coming forward to ensure that Kansas State University remains uh, a relevant and prominent land-grant university to deliver the mission of all land-grant universities uh, to the state of Kansas but also to the the region and then also to the nation because uh, in particular this uh, Department of Grain Sciences and Industry I think is really unique not only its degree program but how it interfaces with an industry that's so vital to global food and uh, our alumni are such a key part of that continuum of, uh, of support for that industry but also for uh, as, a, as a pathway for students uh, moving forward as well. This project is not the only one in agriculture going on. I, I, I think Oklahoma State, of course, building a new facility. I recently went up to North Dakota State University in Fargo. They're building a new facility. So the, this, this seems to be happening across the agriculture spectrum. Do you tie that back to what you talked about, this, this whole global food industry, food security? Yeah, I think so. I think it's the convergence of a number of, uh, of different factors. I think what we did, uh, and when I say we, I mean uh, the, the collection of deans of agriculture across the land-grant system, when in 2015 uh, there was a study that was commissioned to really get some good numbers on the disrepair that we're in our colleges of agriculture across the entire United States. And what that brought was an awareness that we had so many of our building inventory that were built in the 1950s and 60s and that simultaneously many of these structures were coming to the end of their useful life. And so uh, schools like uh, Oklahoma State and uh, North Dakota State, as you've mentioned, and, and others, uh, re- really began to embark on uh, trying to solve that problem. And so, yeah, it is occurring uh, across the nation and for good reason because, uh, you know, we've really had, I'd say, a paucity of, uh, of inputs into keeping those, uh, those structures going. There's an interesting graphic that's uh, been circulating about how the U.S. is falling behind China, the EU, Brazil, and other countries in terms of investment in food, ag, and natural resources, R&D, and which includes uh, not only funding research, but also funding the, the build-out and upkeep of the structures that are needed to conduct that, that research. And so it's been a real wake-up call, and I'm pleased that uh, uh, many of our sister land grants are also replacing uh, their facilities as well. So, folks, uh, folks listening to this, you know, there's some more fundraising to be done. If if they themselves are interested in role of someone who who should be approached for support of, of this project, how shall they go about that? Yeah, the key contact there is Carrie uh, Weefald at the K State Foundation. She's our lead ag uh, fundraiser, and uh, she's got a team she works with, and so it may turn out to be uh, an individual that's on her team, but she would be the first uh, first point, point of contact. And of course, uh, we can, uh, folks know how to get a hold of, of me or Susan Metzger. We can make sure that they uh, they get to carry if uh, it's easier for them to contact us. But uh, that'd, be the, that'd be the path. Well, so by the end of 2026, 
things ought to look a, a lot different around here north of Kimball Avenue in Manhattan. They should, Aaron. I think about that sometimes. I have to pinch myself because we've been talking about it for such a long period of time, and now it, it really is going to be a reality. I was just about to say it seems like it's going to be a reality, but uh, I'm confident that this is going to happen and uh, just really excited to, to see how things turn out. Well, as an alumni myself, I'm proud to see this this highlight on the College of Agriculture. Long overdue. Congratulations to you on that. Thank you, Aaron. I, I appreciate that. And, and again, I, I always want to make sure I, I give due credit to this entire team uh, that, that's worked to make that happen. My thanks to Ernie Minton, Dean of the College of Agriculture at Kansas State University, for joining us on this episode of the Wheats on Your Mind podcast. If you would like to learn more about the Global Innovation Center at Kansas State University, go to the web, ksufoundation.org. If you have questions about this podcast or have a topic you'd like us to cover in the future, please email us at podcast at kswheat.com. I'm Aaron Harries. Thanks for listening.